The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. On the network, one of the many amazing podcasts found at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by my hot fuzz partner in crime, Sean Fritz. What's up, dude? Still coronavirus free? Lucky you. Lucky you. Because since we spoke last, and listeners, if you're listening to this, honestly, this was recorded easily three weeks from the last time, from when you're listening to it. Uh, But... When we recorded last, dude, I think uh, we were about 50% less coronavirus people in our country. It was it was um, manageable, and I think it was also not a dire, I don't want to say dire, but it wasn't, it wasn't um, you know, places weren't shutting down, governments weren't passing dude, laws, w- bailouts. I was going to say, when we, when, when we last spoke coronavirus was about Morgan Freeman level. Coronavirus currently is at Sam Kinison level. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the younger, the older kids that know that uh, will get that reference. But man, I was just, right before we started, uh, I was saying it's only been about a week and a half, two weeks in our country where the shit has hit the fan, but it literally feels like months. It really does. It's been such a strange roller coaster in the last couple of weeks. I mean, um, I don't know about you, but my work has closed the offices. Now, granted, because we're a tech company and because we provide these services, we can actually work from home. Yeah. And I have been for the last seven years. So to me, it's nothing different. Yeah. You're like, I've but been for everybody doing else, this. It's, yeah. For everybody else, it's like, oh, no. I'm like, calm down, slugger. You'll be okay. <laughs> Right. It's such a weird thing. Like people hate going to work, right? Our culture, American culture is kind of like, ah, shit, I have to go to the office. Everybody hates Mondays. They look forward to Fridays and the weekends. You know who hates Mondays the most? Uh, You. Bob Geldof. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but the idea though is, is like when you get told you can work from home, all of a sudden it's like, you know, you killed their firstborn child. They're like, excuse me? What do you expect me to do? At least that's been my experience recently here. Uh, my, well, not even that. It's that most parents that now have to work from home also have to teach their children because the their teachers are not teaching. That's the problem. And I guess it depends on who your teachers are. So I'm a friend. I've got a, a friend who's a third grade teacher in the Finger Lakes. And uh, she decided that that's not okay. Uh, she, every single morning, you know, does a live stream uh, and does lessons and does all kinds of things for her students to tune in. So that's actually really cool if you ask me. But yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like a, a week and a half literally feels like months. It feels like we're we're at this point where it's like walking dead style. Like, do I have to carry a crossbow just to go to the grocery store? You know, you say it's like the walking dead. The funny thing about that 
movie, the show, the comic and whatever is that the dead, the zombies aren't the walking dead. It's right. the people that are the walking dead. Right. The zombies and, are and liberated, yeah. bro. The zombies are just scenery and, and you know, plot points. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like the zombies are the toilet paper, but you don't want to see them. Yeah, exactly. In, in, in real, in IRL, as the kids say, <laughs> because we're, we're, we're pandering way too much to the old people. <laughs> Yeah, we got to give Sam the Kinnison we got to give the TikTok lang- lingo out there, bro. No, no, no TikTok. Tiki talkie. I, I refuse. I refuse to TikTok of any kind. Did you see the headline? I mean, I'm real sorry. Quick, did you see the headline that this is China saw a spyware? Oh jeez! Like yeah, what? apparently it came out that it's legit Chinese spyware. They're spying on all oh, of American oh, really? like culture. I'm like, what are they trying to get? Like, oh, did they re- realize they were just going to get a bunch of teens dancing and doing stupid dances for them? Uh, but well, yeah, TikTok used to be called Musically, which was a yes. music share service. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not TikTok. Back to Corona. Not Corona. Back to what this show is. Uh, movies. We talk movies, man. Last yeah, week we real real production <laughs> with real people as opposed to. A video on your cell phone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Last week, we discussed Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright film uh, starring Simon Pegg. Um, And we decided, you know what? Let's just continue the Cornetto trilogy. Um, And so we did Hot Fuzz this week. Sergeant Nicholas Angel, expert in hand-to-hand combat, armed response, and high-speed pursuit. He was so good, they reassigned him. Right. You've been making us all look bad. There's one thing you haven't taken into account, and that's what the team is going to make of this. Statistically, Sanford is the safest village in the country. Now, this big city cop. You ever fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? No. You ever fired one gun whilst jumping through the air? No. Must learn. Is it true that there is a place in a man's head that if you shoot it, it will blow up? How to think small. Morning, the swans escaped. The swans escaped. Can you describe it to me? About two foot tall. Yep. Uh, long, slender neck. Huh? That's just going to scare it. But in a place where not much goes on. Watch this. <laughs> a whole lot is about to go down. Three people have died in a week. Accidents happen all the time. What makes you think it was murder? There hasn't been a murder in 20 years. You're saying this wasn't an accident. Not everyone's a murdering psychopath. It's high time you realize that. You and your monkey. Did he mean me or that? Have you ever wondered why the crime rate is so low and yet the accident rate is so high? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna bust this thing wide open. From the guys who watched every action movie ever made and created Shaun of the Dead. You never taken a shortcut before? is on. Here come the fuzz. You gotta call. The fuzz. Gunfights, car chases. And that's what I'm talking about. Hot fuzz. Got a mustache. I know. For you, did you see? I think I can't remember what we said last time. Did you see Hot Fuzz first before Shaun of the Dead, or how'd that work out for you? 
I, I no, I didn't. And I wasn't really keen on the sh- on the movie. I was like, oh, you know, Shaun of the Dead was silly, but I was also 10 years younger. Yeah. Then I heard a buddy of mine talking about it with, with some other, with his cousin or a couple other people that we know, mutual friends. And he says, it's a movie. It's a cop movie about paperwork. And so I'm like, all right, that is as obscure of a function of a job as you get. It's like saying that my job is about typing on a keyboard, which, you know, it kind of is. So I was like, all right, I'm in. That's a little, that's a little off the beaten path and a little obscure. I'm in. And and I watched it and I, I thought it was a really good movie. Really clever. Yeah. For me, it was after Shaun of the Dead. So I knew it was the same guys. Um, but I, and I knew it was kind of like a, they, they, it was their version of these like high octane cop, you know, action movies. So when I remember seeing the trailer thinking, yeah, I could totally get into this, but I never saw it. Like I, it went years and years before I ended up seeing it on DVD. Uh, and it wasn't like Shaun of the Dead. The thing about Shaun of the Dead is I've seen it a trillion times. Uh, this one, this is probably the, when I saw it last weekend again, it's probably maybe the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. So it doesn't hold that much to me. Uh, but yeah, it was one of these films that because Shaun of the Dead lured me in with the work, uh, you know, uh, how good that film was for me. I was, I was totally in for the ride on this film as well. Um, so let's get right into all of it, dude. So, uh, let's start out with the acting and actors in this film. Well, this film stars one Simon Pegg, as you mentioned, and as billed in order of IMDb, Martin Freeman, who has two scenes in this movie, is second billed. Bill Nye, again, same, uh, two two scenes, billed third. Which, uh, uh, let, let's say that real quick, a lot of the, the cast in this film were people we saw in Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of carryover. Um, and then really the only other name that you know on here, that at least that I know that I would assume that most stateside folks know is is Nick Frost, who plays yes. Danny Butterman. Yes. And I mean, there's a couple other people in here that are um, um, one guy that I did not write down. Um, it was Paul Freeman, uh, who is not on the full cast or he's on the full cast list, but he's not on the uh, he's not on the um, summary list. But Paul Freeman, you, uh, you know this guy. If you listen to my other podcast, Power Rangers in Cyberspace, because I'm an adult, Paul Freeman played Ivan Ooze in uh, the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh, check that out. Deep, deep, deep cut right there. You know who else is in this film? Uh, Olivia Coleman. Have you ever seen a show called Peep Show? No, but I've heard of it, but I've never, I've never seen My it. My God, it's a great, I love it. It's a great British series. Uh, it's from, a, I can't remember how far back it is. It's a few years back, but the whole gimmick is that, you know, uh, when you're watching this show, everything you're seeing on TV is literally looking out of the eyes of a character. So all the other characters, when they're talking to the person that you're supposedly looking out through, they look at the camera, they look at you and talk to you like they're talking to the character. And then it switches from the other view. Uh, and that's the whole show. Uh, for the entire series, but yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman's in that show as well, and she plays one of the the female police. She's a f- uh, female police officer, the only one in this film, the one that doesn't mind a little bit of manpower. Exactly. You know who else is in it? Now that I'm looking at the full cast list, is uh, Edward Woodward, who is right up your alley, Chris. He was in the yes. he was the original Wicker Man, and a bit part play uh, Stephen Merchant. The actor director, he was the uh, the pale guy that doesn't like the sun in X Men. Wolverine's gonna die. Uh, Logan. Yeah. Uh, he plays Peter Ian Staker, piss taker. 
That's right. Oh, dude, that's the best. Oh my god, he's also uh, one of Ricky Gervais's hold, hold friends. On. Like the, he, he, Kate Blanchett is in this movie too, dude. If you look at the cameos, there are uncredited. Yes, Kate Kate Blanchett's in it. Uh, Steve Coogan is also in it. He plays a, a, a metropolitan inspector. Peter Jackson, uh, famous yeah, well, director, that. is in this yeah. film. Uh, he plays Father Christmas. Uh, Him and Edgar Wright trade off cameos in a lot of their movies. Yes, it's so good, dude. Like it's it's amazing when you realize all the different people who showed up uh, when you go back and watch it. Um, but dude, yeah. So this has a cast. We saw the cast kind of a lot of the cast carry over from Shaun of the Dead. I mean, and and they're already established English actors. Uh, so it kind of you know speaks to the the directing and writing of Edgar Wright that he can still pull a lot of these guys over into the next film. Um, uh, yeah, it, again, what can you say? It's funny because Shaun of the Dead, we're watching Simon Pegg and Nick Frost play these kind of slacker stoner guy and guys, right? And then on this end of it, Nick Frost's character is still that drunky kind of like aloof, you know, kind of character. But Simon Pegg is a complete 180 from Shaun. Oh, I love it. And and the irony is, not irony, the coincidence maybe is that there is an actual person on set named Nicholas Angel. Really? He's, um yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they actually stole his name. I watched commentary on this a couple of years ago. And that, uh, like, it, it was, for some reason, it was still on during the credits. And they were talking. They're like, oh, look, there's the real Nicholas Angel. He goes by Nick. At least he did after this movie. Yeah, Nick Angel, music supervisor. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, it's, it is funny though, that he plays this character. That's just 180. Like he's, uh, he's on time. He's, he's the best at what he does. Like that whole opening. I love montage. how that's the first thing you say. He's on time. Well, because that's like, like when you think <laughs> of Sean, you see immediately we see him. He's, he's shuffling out of bed, yawning. He wants to sit down and play video games. And he's reminded, no, you got to go to work kind of a thing. Whereas this mm-hmm. guy's like the first opening montage. He's like every top cop that you've ever seen in any movie. And he's breaking all records across the board, you know, for his agency, you know, arresting the most people, uh, all these different things. And he ends up getting stabbed in the hand. But when you when you meet him, it's just kind of like no nonsense. Everything's by the book. Um, You know, I'm on time. Uh, I'm the best at what I do. It's definitely, you know, a 180 from Sean. And so, again, it just kind of shows you the, the range in his character, the way the way Simon Pegg can actually act. Um, and that and that goes for a lot of the characters on this film uh, and, and actors on this film. Uh, for me, the acting w- was again, it, it was enjoyable. It was top notch, super believable. Um, I don't know how or why we completely left off the mo- the biggest name I think in this movie is Timothy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're just ignoring the, the one of the villains of the film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Dalton. Okay. Uh, what else can you say, right? He he's he's James Bond, man. Well, and that's the thing. He was James Bond, I believe, for two movies, but he was, I think, he's supposed to do more. But there was some strike, writer strike, or or you know, producers uh, a strike, pick one, and he never did his final one in in the contract. But he always takes roles that are counter to that, so that he's not typecast. He doesn't want to be remembered as. One of the James Bonds, but he totally is. Like when you think of James Bond, his one of his. I mean, his face comes up in my mind when I think of them. Oh yeah, but I mean, he he's totally. He looks physically different too. Yeah. Mustache. Oh yeah. You know, different hair. Yeah. Great. But I mean, he's great in this movie. He just he's. I mean, him specifically. 
is great at just chewing the scenery and all the silly little gags. Like whenever he, like when they're in the manager's office yes. and he smiles and the picture right beside him is that of the same smile. <laughs> yeah. They they did a lot of that in this movie. Like, like in the, in the, the first scene where Nicholas walks into the, the police station and he walks down that long hallway, gives you that, 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 uh, what was it? A gr- it's not quite a grimace, but that, <laughs> that mean mug, scowl. if you will. Yes, exactly. And then he holds up his his uh, his identification. It's the same, same exact, exact yes. look that was on his face. Yes, yeah. The, 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 I love that about uh, Edgar Wright. Like he's not afraid to use gags over and over, even from one movie to the other. Uh, so, oh yeah, let's totally the get in top scene. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's totally get into the writing. Uh, again. For me, the writing, I love the writing. I love the way they take these movies and you're, it's, it's, it's not like you don't have to try to figure it out and follow it, right? It's, it's, a, it's immediate. You, they start to tell you your story. You know exactly what's happening. You're, you, you go along. Um, you're not lost. And the actors that play along with what's happening, the way they, they, they eat the dialogue up, you know, the way they play out these gags, these repeated gags, it, it works. It totally works, dude. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, and they tell you everything that you need to know at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, what he's good at, what he does, because that influences what happens or doesn't influence what happens later in the movie, but it tells you why he's so good at the rest of this and the, at, you know, toward in the middle and latter part, portions of the movie. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just got distracted by something real quick. No, but yeah, you're totally right. Um, when I was talking about repeating gags, so immediately one of the things i caught was the the whole jumping over the fence and and where simon looks at the cam- uh, the camera and just goes what never heard of a shortcut yeah and and the the whole the whole crux of that or not crux the whole um you know the the punchline of that is obviously that nick frost runs through the fence <laughs> but they didn't want you to think that it was a in watching commentary they didn't want you to think that it was a stunt double so that's why Nick Frost turns around when he falls over. They don't cut away or anything like that. <laughs> they want you to see he actually went and fell through the fence. Exactly. And I like I like how like the, the difference is, is like Shaun of the Dead. He's like, what, you never heard of this? And he goes kind of flipping and then ends up falling because one of the, you know, the fences falls over. This time exactly. he's the 180 character. So he's just like flipping, bounce. He's literally like parkouring over this line of fences down all these gardens. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, like that played out a few times. And again, it didn't get old. It, I was I was 100 percent fine with that. Um and like you said, those those two the two two three different times when the the, the picture comes up and the the characters showing the exact same face, uh, those are just like these little nuances in film that when when you write it into the script or you write it into what's happening, it's it's I don't know those, those little things make for perfection to me because those are the like it's little details like that that say you really care about the overall package of what you're getting, not just the story you're telling. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's basically you're winking to your audience. Yes. Like, hey, did you see that thing we did that we, you, that we did before? Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have one thing to say about this film uh, in regards to the story in a negative light is that I felt like it did get a, it, it took a little too long to get to what was going on. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they spent a little too much time with how basic it was in this, this little country town on how out of kind of out of you know big fish out of water whatever that fish out of water 
you know, feeling for the film. I felt like it went a little too long in that first kind of two thirds of the film uh, before they really got to what the hell was going on and then just really getting into it. I think we could have got there a little faster. You think like setting up the fact that he if he would if he fell in line that he would be accepted. But if he by the the high council, but if he didn't, then you know that that he wouldn't he would not be welcomed and he might go the way of sergeant popwell right. and, and you know the everybody else and you know basically the whole movie boils down to it's keeping the perfect aesthetic for a silly competition <laughs> for the greater good man well that too for yes. the greater good and that was the thing i thought i thought it moved i thought it moved pretty pretty well with with the setup of I mean, you, you figure you have all these characters you have to set yeah, up and you have to that's true there are you know, a lot the, the andes are, are just a bunch of curmudgeons nick or not nick uh danny is just kind of he goes along for the ride and you know uh doris is you know well you have the old guy who's just kind of mumbles you know, <laughs> mumbles to himself. he was the boom hour of the group dude that was amazing oh i loved it well and and <laughs> the you know there are everything that they do from the time he arrives in in was it Sanford? Yeah, has to everything that happens to him sets up the end of the movie. That is so to true. Cut one of those out, you can't like like they go to the farmer, and you know they say Nicholas is so observant and he's such a good cop and says I trust you have a firearm for that or a permit for that firearm. And we have to remember too, in America, for a shotgun you don't have to have a permit. You do for yeah. a handgun, yeah. but in Britain. Handguns really aren't a, a thing. Right. Like so so there there is a little bit of cultural change there. Um, but at the same time, you know, he says, Do you have a permit for that gun? Or I suppose you have a permit for that. And he says, I do for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him being the observant cop, he says, What do you mean this one? And then there's this whole, you know, stockpile, which was edit that that speaking the last last episode, the the quick cuts and and, and all that oh, yeah. is done brilliantly. I mean the, the the lights turning on and then later in the movie loading all those guns yeah. is is done brilliantly and wonderfully. That's Edgar Wright, man. He like I said on the last one, like it's it's almost it's that MTV kind of like super stylized aesthetic in this kind of smash cuts and and quick zooms and pullouts and and the whole time you're hearing it, there's sound effects to it too. The you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, dude, it's. It, it was I, I get what you're saying that you you need that. I guess for me it was because I'd seen the movie already, so I already knew kind of like what the gimmick was at the end, what was gonna happen, like what what was actually going on. So for me, when I'm looking at the time, because this movie goes at two hours, which is kind of unheard of when it comes to comedies. Uh this movie goes straight to two hours, a little bit over two hours. So I remember thinking about an hour and something in, like, man, we haven't even really set up the last, you know, the last act yet. Like, come on, what's taking so long? It could be just because I was expecting it to come. Um, I don't remember feeling like the movie was too long the first time I watched it. Well, and, and you know, in speaking to that, that whole setup, uh, you know, as I just said, um, yes, it is a long movie. There are certain portions that could have been cut out a little bit, like um, when he goes and visits the on his way back to London. Uh, and he goes to the the convenience store where that's not Christopher Guest behind the counter, believe it or not. <laughs> right. I, I was um, going to say, doesn't it look like him? Mm-hmm. It very much does. They actually, again, on the commentary, they reference that. Nice. Um, you know, that could have been a little shorter. The the original chase of, you know, the the Jesse's, uh, Aunt Jackie's, Jesse's brother's baby's boy, yeah. whatever is, you know, uh, guy that has his hat down. Um, you know, that could have been a little shorter. Yeah. But 
you know, all in all, it's to show the aptitude, you know, the overachieving and the aptitude of, of one Sergeant Nicholas. True. Angel. True, true. Um, but overall, man, yeah, I can't complain. The story is it's a solid story. It's good too. It's 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 not kind. Of, it's not one of these stories that kind of um, resolves itself conveniently. I liked the way it plays out. I like the way it builds up. Uh, and like you said, it is important to have a lot of what's playing out with a lot of these characters because they they all come to play out in the end. And it is. It's an awesome ending. Um, and I totally was expecting kind of like uh, the whole like. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, and I don't want to give too much away about the end, but I really expected something to happen with Nick Frost's character almost to – because with Shaun of the Dead, like in your mind, the friends should be the ones that that are – are good at the end. And even though, you know, Nick Frost's character is still around at the end of Shaun of the Dead, he's still, it's not a life you want to live. Whereas, so then when I remember seeing this and what happens toward the end where you're like, holy shit, what? Right? I thought it was, it was going to be this kind of, I don't know, not that he was a zombie, but maybe a vegetable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but it ended up, well, and, <laughs> it ended up not going yes, that route. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and keep in mind this movie, <laughs> uh, uh, it very overtly, parallels parodies and takes influence from bad boys too oh yes in point break oh and in point break gary Busey jumps in front of johnny utah That's right and gets shot in the belly and you know he gets <laughs> also the you ever do that bit where you shoot your gun in the air you empty your clip out <laughs> they play that out they do the bad boys because in bad boys there's that scene where there's a kind of slow-mo you know zooming shot from underneath where you look up at martin lawrence and will smith as they're slowly turning and a helicopter goes overhead slowly and that's the same thing that kind of plays out during this one at the end i know exactly they it's do the great. pan of the camera as well oh, where so good he, he hangs up the phone he's like shit just got real yep. dude it's so good these, yeah i mean and you know, I, so let me ask you this, the fight sequence, the, the gunfight and the chases and sequences and such that happened at toward the, toward and at the latter part of the yeah. movie, do you think, and, and do you think that this is a better string of sequences compared or, or, or better, worse, or, or, you know, the same ish compare it to that of the gunfight of heat? Oh, um, hmm. Well, and I want, and then, and then I want you to tell me how long you, you think that gunfight in heat is. I can't dude. It's been so long. I can't even remember how long that went. Um, but that's hard to say, dude, that's so hard to say. And you could also talk about, talk to other different films where these kind of like extended action sequences go out. I remember watching this though on hot fuzz thinking, you know, Edgar Wright knows what he's doing. Like his his homage to the action film, the kind of over the top, you know, um, Michael Bay style action films was a lot of these kind of visual stylized things. And, and speaking of the action sequences, he nails it. There were a few times where I'm like, I can't even tell you what the fuck's going on because the camera's shaking so much. You don't really see any of the strikes or hits or flips or kicks or shots or dives. It's it moves so quickly, and I know that's to give you that impression and. and and psychologically make you feel like everything's in chaos, but they nailed it because that's what happens in these films. Uh, dude, we're going to have to put heat on our list. Cause now I want to go back and see that and, and, and relive that. It's already on the list. Sweet. Um, but I'll, I will tell you the, the gunfight scene in heat from the first time I saw it till the most recent time I saw it, which was probably two, three years ago by now. 
It's only five and a half minutes long. I thought it was like 15 to 20 minutes. Wait. Yeah. I was thinking when you asked me, I was going to say, I don't know, like 10, but are you serious? Yeah. I was so disappointed. I mean, it's still a great scene. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say, talk about the impact of that to leave that that on your psyche. You know what I mean? To, to make you feel like you experienced something for that long. Kind of like coronavirus. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, coronavirus doesn't last as long as that gunfight scene in heat. Oh, God. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's move on to the music, the score, the soundtrack. Um, so I'll tell you, there wasn't any song or any theme in this that really stuck out to me. I remember when I was watching this last weekend, uh, just kind of getting a feel. Because again, now that I'm watching these for the show, there are t- I kind of pull myself back slightly and just really observe what's happening. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, "This feels action." Do you know what I mean? Like the music feels action. What's hap- It all feels right. Like there doesn't seem to be anything that's out of whack. And he definitely, like Edgar Wright, definitely doesn't do what what Tarantino does, where he'll pick something, uh, you know, musically that is almost a complete opposite of what you're watching. It just a juxtaposition that just kind of it, it's it's enough to 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 kind of jar you and make you pay attention or appreciate the music more based on what you're seeing. You know what I mean? Everything in this felt like obvious like it was yes this is what you would use during this scene yeah i mean there were some that were really on the nose like the uh the the quick voiceover um montage of of nicholas's um of his uh what's the word um uh, achievements you know yeah. they, they played adamant's goody two-shoes because he oh, was yeah. you know and that one sticks out in my mind the most but there were yeah. other ones that were spot on now um uh, so for the original score the guy that did the original score, do you know the film he did just before this one, David Arnold? <clears throat> What's that? Uh, a small indie film called Casino Royale. Oh, just a little film. So tiny, I mean, I mean and, tiny little. Yeah, and and that speaks to echo what you were saying a few moments ago yeah. about how good and how how Edgar Wright can pull these people in because the scripts are good. You know the the it's probably a fun set. It's probably not as fun as you know Taiko Watiti's sets allegedly. Uh, you know are rumored to be, but yeah. You know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, he brings in, you know, the big names. It's not John Williams, but you know, he did a pretty decent movie. It's, it seems. Yeah. And if he's putting together, you know, again, like his, his version, his kind of vision of, of everything he's, you know, imbibed regarding action movies and spit this out, obviously he's going to bring somebody in who knows how to do action movie scoring. Uh, but like to speak what you, to, to what you were saying, you know, in regards to the soundtrack itself, Adam Ant's on this. Uh, the Kinks are on this. The Fratellis, the Trogs. Uh, there's actually a lot of a lot of good bands on on this this soundtrack. Um, but again, for me, it just felt it felt right. It wasn't anything where I was like, "What is this? What's going on? What's this music playing?" It was. It felt right. Yeah, I, it, very fitting. I would agree with you. Sweet. Let's get into special effects. This wasn't over the top with special effects, but there was definitely more than we saw in Shaun of the Dead. I mean, complete with watching an entire mansion exploding. Oh, yeah. And yeah, some they, some of them were a little fanatical. That one was a little much, you know, with, with <laughs> yeah. what's his name coming flying out at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were uh, th- there were there wasn't much, like you said, but there was, you know, there were there, I think there, there was what some, was. 
What was the other one when the guy had the uh, the the steeple that came down on his head from the church? Oh yeah, that was definitely one. That I mean, that looked kind of cool. Except the, I, I, it, for me, the, again, a critique is when he fell forward. The way the blood just kind of splatters in the air and falls back on him is it. It, it wasn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It didn't. It wasn't natural. It, it totally looked. You know, think of it like like, uh, like special effects. Yeah, it, it's. It think of it like. Um... Oh, anime, I think, does it where you cut off someone's limb and blood just sprays out like there's a like it's stopped up from behind. Yeah, exactly. You know, the the Kill Bill geysers of blood and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But overall, it wasn't there was nothing in this that made me that took me out of it. You know, when you see special effects, especially like a building blowing up and it doesn't even look like there's explosions coming out of it. It looks like they just did like after effects over some stock footage. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Uh, uh, final scene of the Defenders on Netflix, that building, (laughs) nothing happened to that building. People walked out when it was over. Oh, God. Yeah. Just just like that. This definitely wasn't there um, because, again, I feel like when Edgar Wright is making his movies, he's not cutting too many corners. He's really putting a lot of, of, of you know, himself and his love into what he's what he's doing. So uh, for me, special effects, again, were, were right on top. I didn't see anything where I was just like, eh. The gunfight, there was there were a lot of effects. Uh, yes. There, there had to be because, you know, you can't shoot bullets at actors. I think that's against code. Yeah, I think there's something written in the in the rules about that. Yeah, just in general, but you know, so you have practical effects. The when he when uh, there's a practical effect when Nicholas comes back and drop kicks that woman in the face. <laughs> uh, that actually that's was right. that actually oh, was that's a so uh, good when she shoots the sign. That sign was put there digitally after the fact. Oh really? Wow. Okay. Yes, really. And when he drop kicks her in the face, that's actually a shoe on someone's hand. Okay. See, if if you're telling me these like the secrets behind them, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna have to give the special effects even more props because did not notice. And I and I I I, I pride myself on noticing little things in films. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is it, it requires planning too. You can't just show up and be like, all right, well, how are we gonna do this today? And they really <laughs> did it well. You know, nice. a lot of it was done very well. And now, granted, the old lady with the perm and the uh, the Homer Simpson comb over and that uh, Winter Soldier gun that was real. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing dude when all of a sudden like the, you're not expecting it at all then all of a sudden it becomes like this mexican standoff with like guns just blazing from all sides it was it's amazing it was awesome and again it's it, it just speaks to the, the the love that he had for action films and these over the top you know michael bay style things so uh yeah special effects on point let's go into your favorite scenes or quotes in this film uh what about you what are some of your favorite scenes or quotes well, when he has when he when he first meets Joyce at the hotel, uh, and he, uh, you know, and he, uh, he's, uh, you know, fascist hag, um, <laughs> you know, when he yes when he's fighting Michael and he says playtime's over, and then he recounts that to uh, to Nick Frost's character to Danny, and he says uh, he says uh, he's in the freezer. I, he's like, did you tell him to cool off? He's like, no, yeah. shame. But you missed it earlier when I threw the monkey at him and I said, playtime's over and I hit him with the peace lily. He says, you're off the fucking chain. That's great. That's what I did love that. A lot of uh, of the, the interaction between uh, Danny and Nick and he's he's totally like, infatuated with this idea of uh, of this action hero style guy, this cop coming from London with all of these, you know, 
accolades and credentials. Like I love that scene where he's just like quizzing him. Like you ever, you ever, you know, go flying through the air shooting two guns while shooting two guns, and you ever done it while shooting one gun? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, everything he says. Did you ever do? They end up doing at some point in the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you ever go on a card chase? Did you ever kill? What do you say? Did you ever kill someone or plug someone? He says something a a weird way. Did you ever cook any fools? That's what it is. He goes, what? He goes, kill someone. You shoot them. <laughs> no, no, I have not. You ever been any stabbed fools. or something like that? He goes, oh god. That's my, that's probably one of my favorite parts is is that whole scene, that interaction. The back and forth between those two is, is great, and and even some of the other visual gags, like uh, when he's meeting all the new officers in uh, in Sanford, and that one guy that's just kind of aloof. Yeah, and and like the camera is perfectly placed on him over a like a web outline. And in, in, in the center, his head covers it up, but it says, uh, what makes a bad cop? And it says, unattentive, late, you know, all these other things that would make a, just a, you know, a shitty friend or a bad human uh, or a bad coworker uh, is it, just sprinkled all around his head. Like, this guy I sucks. I never noticed that. Holy shit. I got to go back and look at that. I don't know why I never noticed that. Yeah, it's, uh, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of silly things in the background. Oh yeah. There's all these, like you said, there's a lot of visual gags. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned the, the smiling, you know, Dalton smiling next to his picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Yeah. It, I, I, well, not as end, many <laughs> at the end where the, after the building, after the precinct explodes and you see just the Andes there and he's just showing like his, his, uh, his posturing and his posing and <laughs> oh. <laughs> as the camera pans across, you see, and the reporters <laughs> are talking to that aloof, you know, what's his face? the the aloof cop and oh, then God. they're just right there and he's like showing him his technique and and, and how he whacks it waxes <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um what were the uh do you remember when he first goes into the police station and he's trying to arrest uh nick Frost's character he's, he's all drunk there's uh the attendant that was there the twins uh, yeah, they're twins, right? Yep. But they have different heads. I love that too. Back and forth. And, and and you see this kind of look on Simon Pegg's face where he's just like, wait, didn't I talk to you? Like, how do you not know who I am? Like, there's this weird kind of like, what's happening here? Look on his face. That part's funny as well. After, or I watched this one with E as well. And when you saw the young, you know, the, it's like, oh, when do you start? Tomorrow. And then, <laughs> you know, and then you see the guy with his hair is all messed up and then the next day he comes in morning sergeant because everyone has said that to him already. Yeah. And then nobody tells me nothing. Uh, he sees him <laughs> then in the next scene. And I said, have you figured out what's going on with those two yet? Or what's going on with him yet? The, the, or I said something that wouldn't give it away. I was like, have you figured out what's going on with the, you know, the, the, the cop, the cop at the window? She's like, no, is there something? I was like, Oh, just, just give it time. And then when <laughs> they finally showed them both in frame that one time, she's like, yeah. Oh, they're twins. I was like, yeah, that's funny. It like, is, I it's good. Never picked up on that. These little gimmick, these little gags he has throughout the entire thing. Um, yeah, overall, dude, I think it was a pretty cool uh, film. You want to give it a rating? We're going to give this uh, our our out of five geese, our rating out of five geese. Well, and you say geese, but we didn't even touch on the goose yet, right? Like <laughs> we're just going to throw it out there and not tell people what we're talking. They're good. And here's the thing: if you've, you're listening to this, you've never seen the movie before. You're just listening to us. You're an idiot. You should have. Uh, yeah, go watch the movie. That, that, um, that's but yeah. why we announced the movie first. 
<laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. There's a there's this whole thing about this goose that's uh it's funny because, you know, again, he's this this high performing London, you know, cop that goes to this tiny town against his will. And then to them, the biggest crime happening is a goose getting loose and he's got to try to find it. And throughout the film, it shows up. And so as you're you know, he's got to choose between you know, fighting crime and something actually going down or should I go catch this goose? Cause now it's literally here and I can get it. It actually is one of these things that he kind of, he stops for a second with, there's a little bit of a dilemma, right? Because that, that's also one of his, his, his uh, objectives and it's right there. He could complete it. Well, and that goose shows up in, in like moments of levity and, yeah. you know, to, you know, when things are intense and you know, it's, it's quite silly and, you know, it is one of the ongoing jokes and gags of the, of the movie as well. Yeah. So that's how we're rating our, our, our uh, rating on this film. Out of five geese, what are you giving this one? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I have to look in the archives real quick and see what I gave Shaun of the Dead, which was four and a half. <laughs> four and a half Winchester rifles. So I would say this one, I actually like this one a little bit more Ooh. Than, than Shaun of the Dead because it's, I mean, Shaun of the Dead is silly. It's, yeah, but it's also completely different characters. It's a completely different setting. Uh, for this one, I, I really like it because it's, you know, I, I don't remember if we recorded this part or not, but but it's it's a standard movie thing, police, you know, mm-hmm. big cop, small town type thing, and it's also the outsider, man out of man out of you know fish out of water type thing, yeah. you know, big cop, small town, same thing. Yeah, yeah. But it focuses in on a very clever, a very well-told story, a very interesting plot, lots of twists and turns, and more than one swerve yeah, and, and misdirect, which I really like. Everything is set up, but you don't know that it's being set up. There's no, out of nowhere, there's no, hey, guess what? This guy out of nowhere came in and, sh- you know, the Punisher came in and shot everybody. <laughs> you know, that never, you know, that never happens. Um, so, so I would say that this movie, uh, I've already typed it out, but I'm debating as I, as I filibuster here, I think I'm going to give this one, uh, an abnormal 4.6 out of five. Wow. Okay. Plus one, I really like the point one higher than Shaun of the dead. Yeah, I know. I, I just had I to, like I, it. I, I couldn't go too high. I couldn't go too low. I want to see what a 4.6 goose looks like. That's, um. Is it is it uh, is it just a handicapped goose, or is it a dead goose because it wouldn't have a head on it, or is it just missing a wing? We're gonna let the listeners decide. Uh, let me see. Hot fuzz. Okay, so Shaun of the Dead. I said it. I've I've seen it a trillion times. It's got such a special place in my heart. I love those characters like they're my best friends. I love the setting. Always been a zombie film guy. Been a been a horror guy. So the fact that Edgar Wright tackles you know, zombie, you know, the zombie genre and horror immediately uh, fell in love with it. Hot Fuzz didn't watch it as much, but watching it this past weekend, I get where you're coming from, man. There's a there's something different in the setting. You know, the little cottage, you know, the country town, um, the, the small, you know, the small town kind of people. Uh, but then there's this weird under, you know, lying nefarious thread happening throughout the story and throughout the town. There's something that's just not right. Um, the characters are just 180% different than the, uh, you know, 180 degrees different than what you see in Shaun of the Dead, but enough that you still like them, right? It's not like they went 180 where they're unlikable. So you still enjoy these characters. 
Um, but I guess for me, it's 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 one of the ones. It, it, it's 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 Sean will always win out for me. I think because of the nostalgia, uh, but also because it's a, you know it's one that I've I've gone to. It's my it's one of those go tos. You know, rainy day, you can put it on, and even if you've seen it a million times. Just put it on in the background because it helps your day go by. Hot Fuzz, not so much. Didn't you didn't do that so much? But I did enjoy watching it again this past weekend. So, uh, Shaun of the Dead, I I gave five Winchester rifles for this. I'm giving a four point five uh, geese for me. Hot Fuzz, four point five geese. And uh, the way we both rated, I'm assuming we're both saying we're putting this on the Silence Your Phones DVD shelf. Absolutely. I mean, it's, keeping this in the collection. Yeah, I, I would. I would, uh, I would wholeheartedly, I mean, I, I honestly bought it on Amazon because I knew I would like it. I've seen it before. Right. Nice. Um, so just to keep into, uh, keep on this, this, uh, trilogy, the Cornetto trilogy, we're finishing out the trilogy next week with the world's end. And we're back. Just like the five musketeers. Three musketeers, isn't it? Four if you count D'Artagnan. Well, nobody knows how many there were, really, do they, Pete? I mean, history is a sketchbook. I, you do know that The Three Musketeers is a fiction, right? Written by Alexander Dumas. A lot of people are saying that about the Bible these days. What, that it was written by Alexander Dumas? <laughs> Don't be daft, Steve. It was written by Jesus. Anyway, five sounds much better. I think they missed the trick only having three, because if they'd have five, then two could have died, and they still have three left. Are we there, yeah? Let's do this! Now, how many, hey, how many, how many times have you seen that one? I haven't. So this is going to be your first time watching it. For shizzle. Oh, man. Well, jog on, buddy. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. This was Silence Your Phones. I am Chris Chavez. That was Sean Fritz. We appreciate you listening. Make hey, sure you head over to BICBP. Chris, Chris, before you sign off, can you do me a favor and don't go being a twat now? <laughs> nice one nice one BICBP-radio.com make sure you go check us out check out all the other podcasts on there uh, make sure you subscribe and um, it's now safe to unsilence your phones